Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. Cut It Straight is a podcast helping you pursue excellence in your preaching and ministry. Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast, Episode 32. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. In this special episode, I share with you an interview I did for the Kingdom Minded Exchange Podcast with host Tate Winters. Tate asked me to talk about the ministry of writing. If you feel compelled to a ministry of writing, then I hope this episode encourages you. Be sure to subscribe to the Kingdom Minded Exchange Podcast on iTunes and support other apostolic podcasts. I hope you enjoyed this episode. My name is Nate Whitley. I am the associate pastor at First Apostolic Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. I serve under Pastor Mark McCool and Bishop Billy McCool. I also serve as our school pastor here at Apostolic Christian School. Uh, I've been here about nine years uh, serving, and uh, I also host a podcast called the Cut It Straight Podcast. It's a podcast about ministry and leadership and how you can get better in those areas. I also write regularly at nswhitley.com. I wrote a book a few years ago, I think around 2012, 2013, called The Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines. Uh, and I talk, I deal with uh, the three disciplines of prayer, fasting, and Bible study, and how those three disciplines form a threefold cord that uh, helps strengthen all the other spiritual disciplines in your life, and also leads those three disciplines lead to your sanctification and holiness and consecration and dedication to the Lord. I wrote that book out of uh, out of some out of some blog posts I wrote on prayer and fasting several years ago, and uh, I had some people. Uh, comments saying, hey, this should be put into a book, and uh, I kind of went from there. I got some feedback from some other writers, and uh, they told me and kind of pointed me in the right direction of how I could take that thought and those ideas and flesh them out uh, into uh, a book form. So I did that a few years ago. I'm writing a few other books I'll talk about here in just a few uh, moments on this episode. Um, How I got started in writing, uh, it kind of goes back to elementary school. Uh, I was in uh, elementary school, and I had a student teacher uh, who was teaching us on writing poetry and teaching us about poetry, and so I wrote a poem of some sort. I don't know what it was now, but uh, she got with me afterwards, and she said, uh, "You've." Uh, she goes, your, your, your writing reminds me of Edgar Allan Poe. Well, I didn't know who Edgar Allan Poe was, uh, and so later on I went and read uh, the Raven, and um, and so uh, I don't think I had any Edgar Allan Poe in that in that poem. I don't think uh, I think she may have been kind to me, but uh, I kind of took that and kind of tucked it away and thought maybe writing could be uh, something I could do. And then later on in my early twenties, I was a part of a Christian rock band and uh, got involved with writing lyrics and writing music in that. And so then later on, as I got into ministry. I, uh, I needed an outlet uh, for some things that I was studying, and I, I thought, hey, let's start a blog. And so I started a blog called uh, A Life of Study, and it was uh, alifeofstudy.org. And so I would write there regularly about once, um, 
once a week, twice a week, this kind of little short blog post about something that I felt or something that I studied or read and would expound upon. Uh, and so from there, I, I started writing a little bit uh, more and working on the, the, the craft of writing, and then which led again to uh, writing the book. I went back to school. I went back to work on my bachelor's in biblical studies through Indiana Wesleyan uh, a few years ago. And so that website, that blog, kind of went the way of, of the earth and uh, gave up the ghost. I just neglected it because I was studying uh, for my bachelor's. And so um, I went back and started another website after I graduated called nswhitley.com. And a lot of that was just um, works that I had in, in that I worked on in school, like just assignments, long, long form essays and uh, papers I had to write. So I just threw it there on nswhitley.com. And then uh, I started to um, use my sermons that I was using to, uh, I preached at the school and the church and, and putting them on my website there as well. And so going back to school and working on my bachelor's helped me work on my writing and work on uh, the craft of writing. And so that kind of fueled other things um, as well. And so that's kind of how I got started into writing. Uh, going back many years ago to that little seed of someone telling me that I had the potential. And, uh, and so I would just kind of go from there. Uh, one of the most important steps of writing is the call to write. I think someone has to be called to be a writer. I don't think writing is for everybody. I think people want to have written. Uh, I think everyone wants to say, well, there's a, I, I, I want to write a book one of these days. And I think everyone has that, maybe that urge or that compelling to, to, to have written something. But not everyone's called to write. Um, and when you're called to write, you'll write whether you feel like it or not. And that makes the difference. Uh, and because it's, it's a compulsion, it's a, it's a burden that I have to write. And that, that's happened for me. I felt that compulsion to have an outlet, uh, to put words to paper. Um, and so it, it, it's a calling, it's a burden uh, to, to produce content, to, to minister in a different means for me outside of preaching and teaching. And so it was, it, it was a flow from that that I had to get it out. I, I had to do it. And so I think you have to have that, that calling, that burden to write. It's not for everybody. Not Everybody's not going to be a writer. And not everybody's going to be a great writer. Not everybody's going to be a successful writer or whatever that looks like or being published or being on the, uh, the bestsellers list. But I think you, it starts with a call to write. And it happened for me um, a few years ago when I started that website, A Life of Study, I, I had to get it out. I had, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't preaching weekly, so to speak, and so I had to have an outlet for me to put what God was kind of putting in my heart or in my mind or as I was studying something. And so I think it begins with a call because a call will push you beyond your feelings. A call and a burden will push you beyond just a hobby. It, it, it's something that you have to do. You know, Paul said, woe is me if I don't preach. Well, I feel that. I Woe is me if I don't preach. But also for me, woe for me if I don't write. I have to write. I mean, I just there's just something in me all the time to, to, to write something. And so I think that begins there. It'll push you beyond uh, feelings or, I don't, you know, or just uh, not feeling inspired. 
and and that pushes you beyond anything. So I think the first, the most important step is having a call to write. It's not for everybody. Not everybody's going to write uh, a book. Not everybody's going to have a a blog. But I think you have to have a call. You have to have the burden to write. And so that relates. My writing relates to my ministry. So I have to produce a lot of content throughout the week and month. And so for my ministry, so I, I preach every, I think it's every two weeks here on Sunday nights here at our church, but I preach every Friday at our school during the school year at our chapel services. I also teach our Monday morning devotions uh, each Monday during the school year. And then um, I teach Bible uh, sixth grade through 12th grade, and I've got that broken up into three classes, um, three days in a row. So sixth grade on one day, on Tuesdays, and then seventh and eighth on on Wednesdays, and then ninth through 12th on Thursdays. So I have to produce a lot of content through the week. And then I also do a Monday night Bible study throughout the year, uh, teaching new converts, discipleship classes and courses. And then also uh, with the podcast, uh, teaching that to our young guys. I try to do it every other Saturday uh, schedule permitting. And so I have to produce a lot of content. So I have to study a lot and then I also have to write a lot. And so for me, uh, writing and preaching and teaching all go together and that all tags into study and prayer and all of that, that, that goes along with that. And so I, in order for me to, to have a lot of content, I got to study a lot but I also have to be able to clarify what I'm studying and try to uh, communicate it in, in, in ways that uh, are helpful to the class. So like for, for my 6th grade through 12th grade Bible classes, I try to teach them the same thing. So this year, uh, I was trying to do an overview of the Bible, so I'd go through each book of the Bible and try to see how that fits in uh, to the story of redemption. And so I was going through each, each, each uh, book of the Bible and have a lesson for that. And so how I'd have to produce a lot of content. And some of it is in just sketching it out in, in uh, like outline form. And then as I, as I teach it, I can fill in the gaps. But with preaching, I'm preparing an, an entire manuscript. And so as I'm preparing a manuscript that's, that's writing, I try to not waste anything that I've studied or prepared. And so I try to use it uh, for, for a lot of different things. I think of the tennis ball. And I learned this in school many years ago when I first worked on my a business degree, that a tennis ball, when it was created, was just created for, for tennis. Well, you can use a tennis ball on the bottom of canes and, and walkers. They're also used, they used to be used on uh, large antennas on the back of trucks to keep the, the antenna from slapping the back of a truck and causing dents and scratch scratches. So a tennis ball can be used for a lot of different things. So for me, lessons and sermons, I've got to use them for different things all the time. I can repurpose a lesson or a sermon uh, so I can use it. So say I can use it on a Sunday night. I can also use it on Monday morning at devotions. I might also use it on my podcast or vice versa. I can move those things around as a puzzle. And so I'm trying to produce content, but I'm also using that content uh, for other places. And so for me, my ministry feeds my writing and my writing feeds my ministry. And so that 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 for me is 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 kind of like this funnel back and forth. So one thing feeds the other and and sometimes the seed might be preaching or the seed might be writing or vice versa if that if that makes sense. And so so going back to how that 
the preaching and teaching can go with my writing. Everything that you see on like N.S. Whitley, at least 99% of it, <clears throat> maybe 95% of it, are, are lessons and sermons that I've preached. And so as I'm preparing sermons and lessons, I write them out thinking, I'd like to use this on my website too, so I'm going to write it out long form. I'm, I'm writing an entire manuscript. And so, and if I want to use this again later on for a book, which I'll talk about here in a few moments, I can, I can do that. I've got the content. And so all I'll need to do is just adjust it somewhere, you know, edit. So my ministry for preaching and teaching, and I have a lot of content throughout the week. And so with that content also helps feed that burden and that call for writing. So, you know, I can scratch that itch of writing with, with, uh, pastoral ministry and, 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 and Bible teaching in our school. So that for me is how writing and, and, and my ministry kind of go hand in hand. Um, and so that I've, I've just, I try to use that stuff over and over again and, and repurpose it and make it better. So even if I go preach it somewhere else, or I take that lesson and teach it somewhere else, I always have it. And, and then if it doesn't work, I can always, I can always edit and, and, and move on. But I always try to keep that content. Everything that I'm preaching and teaching is going to be a part of my writing ministry. So now if I have to produce a lot of content, I need to read a lot. I read a lot during the day. I read a lot throughout the weeks and the months and the years. If you're on Goodreads, uh, connect with me there. You can kind of see what I read. I try to read a lot of things that are going to help fuel my teaching and preaching and writing. So I don't read a lot of fluff. I try to read things that are going to help feed uh, my soul and feed my ministry. So I, I, I do read some fiction. I closed out uh, last year reading some Harry Potter books, which were really cool. Uh, <clears throat> but I don't read a whole lot of fiction. I usually maybe do that in the summertime or towards the end of the year if I have opportunity to. But for the most part, I'm reading things that are going to help me teach and preach and write. So at the school, I know I've got to have content for my Bible classes. So if I'm reading, if I know I'm teaching on um, an overview of the Bible, I need to have, I've got some books on hand that I'm reading to, to help me with that. If I'm teaching a series uh, on Fridays or Mondays, uh, devotions or Fridays at chapel, I'm, I'm reading things to help that. And so that also fuels into Sunday night sermons as well, or revival sermons if I go somewhere. Those things are, are, are part of that. So I'm reading things to help push that. Leadership books to help lead our teams and uh, at our church, lead our school. <clears throat> and so I read a lot of things that will help me. I try not to read a lot of fluff. I don't have time to waste. Um, though uh, sometimes uh, I waste time reading things like on Twitter and Facebook. But that's a different story and you all know what I'm talking about. And so trying to cut that out and read more books. Read, you know, I try to read stuff that's pertinent to uh, help my ministry and help what I do as far as teaching and preaching and, and, and writing. So I do read a lot. You can follow me on Goodreads, connect with me there, and you can kind of see what I read. I read a lot of, I read a lot of biblical studies, commentaries, um, stuff like that, theology, doctrine. That's, that's kind of uh, what I love. I love books on writing. Um, as far as books on writing, I'm also blogs on writing. I recommend uh, Jeff Goins' website. He writes a lot about writing. I've been reading him for years. He was a great, uh, he was a great inspiration when I wrote my first book. And then Michael Hyatt as as well has a great website. He talks a lot about writing. He used to, not as much now as he used to. Um, 
He deals a lot more with uh, leadership. He was the the president of Thomas Nelson uh, for for a time. And then a great book on writing that I like, that I've read many times, is called Word Smithy by Douglas Wilson. That's a great book. Um, the, uh, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I've probably read that 10 times at least uh, over the last many years, and it's a great book on writing. So I'll read books on writing. Stanley Fish, How to Write a Sentence or How to Read a Sentence. I can't remember what it was called, but uh, he's wrote some great books on writing. So I'd read that stuff too to help my craft, but I read a lot of stuff that's going to help me produce the content that I need throughout the week and throughout the month and throughout the year here at the church and school. So I need to read a lot. Uh, I try to read things that inspire me. I try to read good writers, um, try to avoid bad writers. And what I mean by that is things that might be dry or difficult to read. Sometimes it's necessary uh, but I try to read things that I know will help me uh, and good writers. My favorite writers that I read, um, John Piper, uh, he writes, he is so poetic in, in, in what he says. He's just got a way with words to, to say uh, he, he deals with a lot of theology and difficult topics, but he can do it in such a poetic way. He just inspires me uh, when he writes. So I get and I get everything that he writes and I listen to it and I read it. Um, and then... I love to uh, read Charles Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon sermons, his books. Um, he's produced he's the he, he's produced more works and content than any other Christian in history. Uh, he so he wrote a lot. So I love reading Charles Spurgeon. He's probably uh, right up there at the top with 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 Piper. Uh, and so uh, he's he's kind of like listening to Lee Stone King or J. Osborne. Uh, you know, you know that nobody else can preach it uh, like those two, and so no one can preach Charles Spurgeon stuff without going. I, you got that from Charles Spurgeon because you just know that he, that he just has a way with words, um, and so I love reading Spurgeon as well. A lot of other um, biblical writers uh, or Bible-based content writers that I read, I try to read. If there's one writer or one author that that has good stuff, I read all of it. I mean, it just I'll buy it all up and try to read it. I'm really into right now reading uh, Thomas Watson, who was a Puritan. Man, he's just absolutely um, rocking me in my in my heart, in my mind. Um, and so I, I I love I love Watson as well. And so just I have a variety of things, but some things you might think are boring for me are exciting. So you need to read what you like. And that also fuels, I write what I like to read. So I'm not writing things that necessarily everybody else likes to read. I'm writing things that are pertinent to me. And I think that helps me produce content uh, and to write things because I don't, I don't, and I'm not trying to be on the bestsellers list of, or try to put out something that's going to be necessarily extremely popular. So I want to write something that I like to read. And so I like to read the things that I like to write about too. And so it feeds, it feeds my soul, it feeds my spirit, and it also inspires me to write. And, and so there's a lot of great content out there. So if there's something that you like to read, read it. It makes you better. It makes you better as a writer. It makes you see what good writing looks like, and also to see what bad writing looks like. And so, writing is very important. Sorry, reading is very important. Very important as you're becoming a writer. Uh, what's something that uh, people might misunderstand about writing or writers? I would think uh, most people m- <laughs> might think that writing is easy. 
Uh, writing for me is not easy. There might be some rare person out there that says writing is so easy. And trust me, there are people out there who say that. But for me, it's very difficult. Ernest Hemingway said this, writing is easy. You just sit at a typewriter, open up your veins and bleed. And so writing is hard for me. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's grueling. And, and so I think one of the, the misconceptions about it is just putting words on paper or putting words on a screen through a word processor of some sort. Anybody can do that, yeah. But the hard part is editing. It's going back, reading it, and making it sound coherent. And so that, for me, is the hard part. Anybody can just put a bunch of words on paper. But can you make those words do something to the reader? Does it make sense to them? Is it clear? Is it coherent? Is it communicating a message? That's the difference. You know, sitting at a coffee shop or sitting by a window overlooking the mountains and writing something. Yeah, that that's 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 cool. But the real work of writing is the editing. It's it's the part of trying to make it sound clear and uh, and coherent. Uh, Nancy Guthrie said this. Um, she said uh, she's a great writer and she has a great podcast. She says I'm 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 a I'm an author, but I'm not a writer. Meaning she's she, and and I I would disagree. She I think she was you know uh, kind of downplaying her own significance. But there's a difference in just producing content and also producing content that's really beautiful or um, really great prose. Um, I'm, I'm probably more on the author side. I like producing content. Uh, I'm not going to be C.S. Lewis or Tolkien. Uh, I, I don't have a way of painting pictures with words. I don't, I don't, at least I don't think I do. Uh, I try to, I try to work on that. That's something that I, I try to, to discipline, discipline myself to do. But I think that comes with time. And so not everybody is going to be a great writer. Not everybody's going to be able to, to produce beautiful prose. Um, and so I, th- <clears throat> I think like reading Hemingway and uh, some of the great works of literature, and you can get, you can't, you can get inspired, but it can also uh, be discouraging and frustrating because you're not writing like that. But just be you. Uh, and that comes with editing, that comes with time, that comes with doing it over and over and over again. Uh, what are some critical steps to the writing or publishing process that often get overlooked? I, I have not used a publisher. I've never hired an agent or, or tried to go that route. I've always um, self-published. Um, that allows me to have control of the content, to also have control of the pricing and stuff like that, because I don't, I'm not going to get rich off it, but I want to produce content that people can access. Uh, now, I may never be on a uh, store bookshelf, and that's fine. If that ever happens, that'd be really cool. But um, <clears throat> going the way of a, using a publisher, that's probably not going to be for me. I don't think Zondervan or um, Thomas Nelson and, and Crossway are going to produce an apostolic Pentecostal writer simply based because based on our theology. Um, and I understand that, and so I think this allows me to have more control of where I can put it. And with Amazon and iBooks and, and all the great platforms that allow self-publishing, it's changed the publishing industry, and it's allowed other people who may not have a voice with a publisher, it allows them to have a voice. Now, with that said, I don't think not using a publisher allows us to not do things out of excellence. I think you need to hire an editor. Uh, I do that. Um, I try to have someone look at my stuff and give me some feedback, how this can be better. Uh, I want to also make sure I'm biblically sound. 
I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm doing it the right way, producing something that's going to be edifying to the church. And also it's done in a way that's coherent and it's in the spirit of excellence. So uh, though I don't use a publisher, if someone would approach me, that'd be cool. But I think uh, just me being an independent person, I think I would just rather do it myself and be able to uh, have that type of control that way I know where I'm putting it and and helping people as well. If that's if that's your route, go for it. There's a lot of great uh, Michael Hyatt again going to his website. He'll help you how to do that. But also there's a, there's a lot of great information of ways to uh, to self publish your works and get your content out there. Uh, and that's and that's it for me. <clears throat> for me, I want to help people so I can you know be a ministry or, or a blessing to someone. Uh, and make it accessible, and I can have control of that and make sure it can get into the right hands and there's no red tape somewhere somehow. That's just me. If you're if you're going to do that, man, that's, that's really cool. Uh, how can someone who is interested in writing take some first steps towards that goal? It's a great question. Um, perhaps let's look at this two ways. Let's look at it privately. Privately, maybe just writing uh, in a journal or a notebook every day. Maybe it's just writing, getting a habit of writing every day, every week, every month. Set some goals of, I'm going to write in my notebook or write in my note or write in this journal every day. And it's going to be 500 words or 200 words, or perhaps at the end of the month, I I want to have written a thousand words or something like that. Set some goals that you can reach. Perhaps it's privately. You just, you're just writing in a notebook. I keep paper and I've used fountain pens. I keep my pens and my paper with me at all time. I've got a pocket notebook and I've got a, a an A5 size notebook that I keep with me, um, so I can constantly write. If I've got a sermon thought, a sermon outline, uh, a, a thought for a book or a thought for a series, I'm writing that stuff down. As I'm studying my Bible, I'm writing notes out. And I can have those later. It's just building a, a private habit of writing daily, writing weekly, writing monthly. Sometimes my, my schedule doesn't allow me to write every day, but I try to at least do it during the week in some shape or fashion. So that's privately. Number two, how about publicly? Maybe you can start a blog or a website where you can you can write, or I think Facebook will let you write long posts of some sort. I'm not as familiar with that, but... Maybe getting a free website where you can write and produce content and maybe get some start getting some feedback publicly. And so now you can kind of see are people willing to, to read what I'm producing or, or do they like what I'm producing? And so you could do that privately, write in a notebook, maybe build a habit every day publicly writing um, on a blog or a website or on Facebook. Maybe it's a tweet every day. Um, or if you're like me... Um, you're just you're tr- just trying to build a habit. I've got enough bad habits. Maybe it's trying to build some good habits with writing, um, and maybe it's just something small every day, just a little devotional, uh, or it just whatever you can do, whether it's private or publicly. Try to do something every every day or every week or every month. Set some goals for yourself as you're beginning this amazing journey of being a writer. Uh, will I write any more books in the future? So I wrote The Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines. I'm currently uh, editing uh, my, 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 my latest book, which is the uh, I Am Declarations of Jesus in the Book of John. So I preached this series uh, at our school this year on Fridays. And so what I would do is <clears throat> I would write out my sermons and then uh, preach them 
on Fridays to our kids and then go back and edit it. Well, I got all that together and the our our English department leader, she at our school, she uh, is taking those manuscripts and editing it for me and going back and allow me to do the rewriting for it. And we're almost finished. I, I hope to have it uh, in print and on Amazon and, and iBooks digitally by the end or by the end of June. That's the goal. We're almost there. <clears throat> I think we've got like four chapters or five chapters uh, edited at this point. And so that should be done soon. So that's I am. That's looking at the um, the I am statements of Jesus in, in John's gospel. And then um, I'm, I am doing something that's a little bit different on my podcast. I started a series called The Seven Deadly Sins of Ministry. And I've had a lot of people who, <clears throat> um, listening to that, want me to come and, and teach it at their church or their school. And so um, <clears throat> I thought, okay, let's do this and do something different. So I've just recently had all of those, the, I think there's four lessons so far. I had them transcribe, the audio transcribed. And I've got those and I'm editing those right now and making them into... Uh, manuscript form. I'll get that edited, and hopefully by the end, by by fall, I'm hoping uh, to have uh, the seven deadly sins into book form, so we can uh, get that out to people. And then uh, I'm also working on, I, I, like I told you earlier, I teach on Monday nights, God's plan for redemption. I've taught this for several years, and so I've got all of my transcripts of that, my manuscripts of that. And so I'm going back and and trying to I'm I'm going to get those uh, transcribed and then go back and edit it and hopefully by the end of the year or uh, beginning of the new year, Lord willing, uh, we can have that into a book form as well. My my purpose of writing is getting content into people's hands and churches into and, and churches to be to to be able to use what I write. When I wrote the Lost Art, it was just a matter of just doing it because someone said, "Hey, you should do it." So. I felt compelled and I did it, but I didn't. What I didn't envision uh, was people using it and and teaching it at their churches. And I had pastors and teachers and 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 youth pastors saying, "Hey, we're teaching this to our church," and it just it I this the burden hit me even harder. Like we need to be producing content, and I'm all for using uh, other denominations. Uh, content for for teaching and preaching that's that's perfectly acceptable but I think we need to as apostolics produce content that our churches can use I think there's uh, I think there's a dearth of apostolic content uh, I think a lot of the great apostolic writers are, are passing away and we've got to catch that mantle uh, to produce content that churches and youth groups and Christian schools uh, small groups can use and that's that's kind of my goal. Um, I don't want to. I'm not necessarily against being on, on a bookshelf somewhere and, and 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 doing that. But for me, it's getting it in people's hands, um, and they can use it in their in whatever setting or whatever whatever context they're in that they can use it. Uh, that's what I want to do. And so, uh, with Lost Art and hopefully next with I Am coming out this summer, and then uh, towards the end of the year, Seven Deadly Sins and God's Plan for Redemption getting that stuff out. I've got some old stuff that I'm trying to uh, get done as well that I've preached here at the school. Uh, and I just want to do, I just want to be a help. I just want to be a blessing. Uh, I want to be able to help people. Uh, and you can you can find my stuff. You can find The Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines on iTunes. Um, yeah, on iBooks, excuse me. It's also in digital form on Amazon. 
both of those, I think both platforms have it for like $3. I'm not, I'm not trying to get rich. I just want to help you so you can go download that. You can go read uh, some of my writings on nswhitley.com. Uh, use that stuff. Email me. Tell me you're using it. I want to hear about it. That fires me up. That's why I'm doing it. I want you to feel free to go and teach and preach that stuff if you think it's worthy of that. Uh, the stuff on the Cut It Straight podcast, that's what it's for. Go teach it to your young your, your young ministers. Go teach it to your teams. Send me an email. Connect with me on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm there. Connect with me. I want to hear about it. I want that, that helps me to know that what I feel called to do is helping somebody and that it's, it's, it's making its way to somebody else because I, that's what it's all about. I just want to be a conduit to be a blessing to someone. And so that's what I want to tell you, whether you're uh, young or old, I want we need more apostolic writers. We need you to, to feel this call, to take up this mantle, and to start writing stuff so you can be a blessing to others as well. We need to hear your voice. We need, we need more young ladies and young men taking up the mantle of writing and, st- and, 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 and help us have content. That's why I'm thankful for like uh, Stephen Gill, uh, Nicole Soto, all these who are writing. That fires me up because I see them taking up the mantle to start teaching and preaching and writing. And I'm thankful for Tate Winters with this podcast, producing apostolic content. We need more of this. And so I hopefully I can help you in some way, shape, or form with what I've talked about here on this, on this episode to help you become a writer. And I hope that you start to take this journey and God blesses you and helps you and anoints you to become the writer that he's calling you to be. Thanks for tuning in to the Cut It Straight podcast. For more information, episodes, and articles, go to my website, nswhitley.com. Follow me on Twitter at nswhitley, and be sure to go to my Facebook page, nswhitley.com.